Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1235 in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stauffer on the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. Uh, Bob's actually not traveling today. He's already at the destination, but there is a team function he was needed at. High-profile man leading this show most days. Going to take a quick minute to tell you that some guests on Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, now open for lunch, Monday through Friday at 11.30 a.m. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Rebecca and the staff that Oilers Now sent you. Unbelievable food. I've had it in a couple different locations, actually, down in Palm Springs originally, and then certainly with uh, Brendan Connolly's uh, location there on Jasper Avenue. Unreal food. Quick check-in on the Heartland Ford text line. Uh, This one comes from Andy S. in Edmonton. It says, uh, hey, Brendan, Zach Cassian was great last night. Big opposing D-man, slow Connor down. Zach gives you that toughness, speed, and consistent effort. Don't change those lines. Again, from Andy in Edmonton. Uh, I tend to agree with uh, trying to let some of the lines just figure themselves out here rather than them being in the blender. Uh, It seems to me that when Hitchcock doesn't like something through 20 minutes of hockey, it gets shuffled. And you know what? I'm not a coach. I'm not going to pretend to have uh, have the answers for that kind of thing. But it, in my mind, if you're going to try and build chemistry, especially looking as hard as they have been for the third member of that top line, maybe you just give things a chance to sort themselves out. I don't know. Just before we get to a, a conversation that Bob had with Louis DeBrusque, our usual uh, Thursday contributor... We'll get to one more text out of Whitecorn. It says, uh, just quickly about uh, the defense. Who is the odd man slash men out when Russell and Clefbaum come back? And uh, Benning before Jones. Jones has played his way onto this team, which is really encouraging, the way that I see things anyway. They, he's he's uh, a little more fleet of foot than some of the other guys on the back end, and that's, as we uh, know, something that they have been lacking. So I suspect Jones will be in. I would also suspect that Brandon Manning, just looking at the minutes right now as, as to how those have been distributed, might end up being one of the odd men out. Benning's got to play for his job right now, too. And not that he won't be with this organization, but it's... Uh, Time for him to really solidify himself as a part of the bottom couple of D on this team. And they just brought in a lot of competition, which I don't think is a bad thing necessarily either, might I add. that Because uh, Petrovic just looked really good, in my opinion. And that's going to create that competition. So now Benning has to step up his game if he wants to stick around. That's my take. You can text me at 6.30, 6.30. What do you think of all that? Uh, in the meantime, though, we are going to get to, as I mentioned, a conversation. Louie and Bob down in uh, California had this little chit-chat, and we'll get to that right now. 
Louie, obviously, uh, suffice to say, the boys needed that one in Arizona. Absolutely. There was no question. It was a it was a must-win game. When you look at the schedule, you look at the predicament that the Oilers were in, losing six in a row. Um, that was a game that you marked in the calendar that, that said, you know, you, you have to win this if you want to start to turn this season and, and, and get back up into that top eight into the playoff picture. Um, you know, and Connor McDavid was the one that said it all in the morning. He just, you know, he wasn't short. He wasn't snappy, but he just said, you know what, we have to find a way to stop this and stop it now. And you know what? He went out there and had three points in a 3-1 game. Um, Oilers win, and that just, to me, just kind of shows what type of a leader he's becoming on this team. He, he understands the magnitude of certain games. Tonight was a must-win. They looked at it that way. And uh, it was against a team that plays some pretty stingy hockey that can compete, that can skate. But when you look at the rosters, it was a winnable game and a game that you should win if you're the Evans and Oilers, and they went out there and they won the game. Starts in goal. Koskinen was yeah. stellar in the first period because Arizona had their hard hats on. Oilers were a little flat. They were a little flat. And you know what? For the Coyotes, they got a pretty good tongue lashing from their own coach uh, after their loss to the Vegas Golden Knights in a game in which it was 2-1 in the second period for them. They had a power play. They were in the game, and they just literally fell apart. For Rick Tockett, he called them you know, just way too casual, and he was you know, polite about the way that he pretty much ripped his team apart. And behind closed doors, I'm sure it was a little different. And and they came out flying. They really did. They put a lot of shots on net. They had traffic in front of Koskinen. They got one goal by Richardson right and tight on him. But then he closed the door. And that was the difference in the game, in my opinion. That first period for him to be able to stabilize, go into the period, into the dressing room after the period, only down by one goal. I think Edmonton in the room said, you know what, listen, that, that's a period where we could have been down three or four. Their goalie made some solid saves too. We have to have more than seven shots a period on net. And they came out in the second period and scored two. The big line went to work. And then they never really looked back from that point. But um, for Miko Koskinen, that was a huge game for him. He had lost four in a row. He needed to find his winning ways back. If you want to be a starter in this league, you have to start putting games together and wins together. And that's a good start for him in a must-win situation. What did you... Uh... I uh, think of Zach Gassian's performance playing with uh, with uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I thought he was great. You know what I thought? Um, you know, I understand the reasoning for Hitchcock wanting to put him up on that top line. He's fast. He's physical. He takes up space. Um, Listen, this is a guy that played with the Sedins in Vancouver when he was a little younger, so he's a guy that's shown that he can play with skilled players. But what I like most about Zach's game is that he didn't try and do things that were out of his comfort zone. He went and played the way Zach Cassian's supposed to play. He was aggressive on the forecheck. He went to the dirty areas. He was always in front of the net. He was taking up space, which allowed Leon Dreisel and McDavid to move around the offensive zone, which is exactly what Hitchcock wanted. He wanted that line to be able to sustain some more pressure in the offensive zone, and they did. So good job by him. He picked up an assist with a beautiful pass to McDavid streaking in for the 2-1 goal. Um, it, it was a good experiment. You know what? Listen, without Alex Chase on in the lineup, there was a hole missing there. They needed someone, a big body to be in that spot and good on him for stepping in there and taking that spot for the game. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, Louis DeBras joining us. Bob Stauffer with you on Oilers now. Louis' regular Thursday hit. Louis, uh, you know, you you came to Edmonton during some tough times. So you guys went through some losing streaks. Eventually got back being a playoff team in 96-97. But 
do you remember, uh, the players remember going five or six games or seven games without getting in a win and needing to mix one in? <laughs> I told you earlier, I said, you know, you, it's amazing how you can forget things like that, but you do. But there's no question there was a few losing streaks when I was uh, in, the, in the dark days of the Oilers in the, in the early to mid-90s. Um, there's no question we had some long losing streaks. And the one thing I do remember is it gets to a point where you just get sick of losing and it's like we need to do something about this and uh, you try and do it collectively it's amazing how it can take on a life of its own and it was starting to do that with the Oilers it really was they had some key injuries right now that are that keep a couple of guys out of the lineup Clefbaum especially who was your top minute man eating a ton of minutes up against the, the best lines in the league and Chris Russell who's a battler shot blocker a veteran guy in that dressing room you take those two guys out of the equation there's some big holes to fill um, and it, this could have got really ugly more so if they would have continued to lose games but I think you know with the acquisition of Manning um, Petrovich comes in they solidify the back end a little bit they play a little bit stingier they get a huge game from the big line which you have to have and you get a huge game from your goaltender that's how you win hockey games there's no question you just have to put those things together and um good on them for breaking out of it, but I do remember times when we do that, and I'll tell you, you look in the mirror, you, you have meetings in the dressing room, you have video sessions, and you can't wait for it to be over, because it's the worst time in hockey when you're losing streak like that. Alright, it shows you that you can never write a guy off. A year ago at this time, like Caleb Jones, he finished minus 21 last season. Um, right now, he looks like a guy who's not coming out once Oscar Clef... You know, Chris Russell's going to be back first. Maybe against the Kings on Saturday. Who knows? Uh, obviously, Oscar could be out till after the All-Star break. That's the order's, you know, number one and uh, number four defenseman right now. But let's talk about Caleb Jones. What a surprise. You know what? Real good surprise. And he's, he's been a real nice story this year. And I honestly didn't see the, the confidence that, he, that he's playing with right now when he came up. I thought, you know what? Here's an opportunity to get a couple games into your belt. You know, most likely we go back down to the American Hockey League. We'd need a little more time and seasoning. Typically with a defenseman, it's a little longer to kind of get groom that game. But I'll tell you, he stepped up and he's really grasped the opportunity. And a great job by him to, you know, kind of put those nerves aside and just play a real solid game. I know he was playing a lot down in Bakersfield. Uh, he told me that he was playing well over 25 minutes some games. He's playing the right side. He's playing the left side up here. He's comfortable on both sides, which is a real quality to have for a defenseman. And not everybody can do that effectively. Um, so some real positive things for him. Poise under pressure. Uh, you talk about that all the time. You have to have ice running through your veins. We always say that the great defensemen never really seem to get rattled when they're under pressure. And he's already showing signs of that as, in an early age that when the going gets tough, he can make a play. And that is so important and vital to get out of your out of your own zone cleanly. And good on him. You know what? This is a team that desperately needs depth at defense. He's certainly one of their high prospects. And I know they had a lot of uh, expectation on him in the years to come. But it's coming a little bit quicker than I think people thought it would, myself included. And good on him. All right. So the Oilers get the win in Arizona. It's a start. That's all it is after the six-game losing streak into Los Angeles. But we're going to switch focus. We're going to have a little bit of fun here. What was it like back in the day coming in L.A.? And I'm going to ask you about brushes with greatness. Like for me personally, you know, having a chance to interview uh, Tom Cochran or uh, Gord Downey when he was still alive, uh, Sam Roberts, I know those were pretty cool experiences, right? But uh, I, I got to ask you, I mean, uh, when you rolled in with the orders, uh, did you get, go to the uh, the Forum Club and meet anybody famous, or what about your times in New York? Yeah, you know what? It was my first game in L.A. actually, and I always remember skating around and warm up. 
two things I remember mostly about that first game. Number one, my name on the back of my jersey was spelt wrong, and Barry Stafford had it fixed quicker than you could pit stop a tire in a NASCAR race. It was incredible how fast he fixed that for me. And secondly, I saw Goldie Hawn and, you know, Kurt Russell on the glass watching the game. Sylvester Stallone was there. It was a real place where celebrities wanted to come, and that was Wayne Gretzky's impact on the game. They always used to come, but when Wayne was there, he was the greatest player in the game, and they wanted to come and see him. He, he drew the attraction of the celebrities, and that made the forum a special place to play in. The Staples Center is no different now today. There's always celebrities hanging around and coming to the games because it's a cool place to, to be. And then the other thing, when I was drafted by the Rangers and going to training camp in New York, we would sometimes, when we have time off, we would shoot downtown and Johnny Baronis, who was the head doorman at the China Club at the time, used to love hockey and he would let us in there all the time. And uh, just a bunch of crazy young Canadians that had no clue what we were doing in a giant city like New York. But we'd be rubbing shoulders with models and movie stars, you know, Kurt Russell, uh, not Kurt Russell, uh, Bruce Willis was in there multiple times. I saw a guy like Eddie Murphy in there one night. Hulk Hogan was storming around in there one night, all six foot nine of so them. So did you approach any of these yeah, guys? Yeah, no, I did. I was, uh, you know what, I was kind of... Uh, it, I'm a big fan that way. I love movies. I love stars. So I would go up and introduce myself and try and, you know, just meet the people. So Bruce Willis was the greatest, though. You know, you could sit there and, you know, and talk with him at the bar for now, did he for know you were Rangers? Hour. We told him we were. And, you know, he knew a couple of the guys on the team, but we were young guys, and we would just introduce ourselves to him. But he was so down to earth. I remember when I got traded to Edmonton, we came back to New York for the first time back into New York to play the Rangers. And Scotty Thornton and I went out after the game. And Johnny Baronis was taking us around, the guy, the, again, the same guy that had connections all through the city. He would take us around, go bar hopping, and take us to places. We didn't wait in line with Johnny. He knew every single doorman, so we could go into any bar. And uh, we went into the China Club, and it was funny because you know, I said we might see Bruce Willis here tonight. He's usually always in here. And Monday night was the big night at the China Club. <clears throat> Excuse me. And thirty thought I was joking with him, and twenty minutes later. Bruce Willis walks in and literally goes right to the bar behind Thorny. And I said, Thorny, I go, Bruce is right behind you right now. He turned around. He goes, yeah, that does kind of look like Bruce Willis. But it was him. And it was funny. He had a chuckle and shook his hand and met him. But that was just kind of New York for you. It was a crazy scene. And for me, I was, you know, a young kid and in awe of seeing the bright lights in the big city. And it was just really cool to kind of rub shoulders with some famous people. Now, I heard a little story this year in Toronto. That you, you <laughs> met Christopher Walken, yeah, you know, like one yeah. of those famous yeah, actors. Yeah, you know what I did? I had one of those those things. It was funny. I was in the Air Canada Lounge, and uh, I was on a long connection. I had a long layover of a couple hours, and I was in there. And as I was as I was walking to go to the elevators, I looked over, and instantly I just knew that I saw a familiar face. And it was very quiet in the lounge for some reason. There wasn't many people in there at all. It was midday, and there was nobody in there. And so I just started to gravitate towards over, thinking I was just going to say, "Hey, how you doing?" I knew who this person was. As I got closer, though, I realized that I didn't know the person. I was just recognizing the person because it was Christopher Walken. But I was already en route, so I couldn't really turn back. <laughs> so, like, so I walked up and just said, hey, I wouldn't mind. We just wanted to shake your hand. And he, he said, I'm battling a cold right now. And he gave me the knuckles instead. So at least I got the knuckles from Christopher Walken. It was pretty cool. Well, you uh, often traded knuckles with Marty McSorley back in the days when yeah. you roll in with the Oilers in L.A. Uh, as always, Louie, thank you for your time. And hopefully the Oilers can uh, allow this game uh, yeah against Arizona to jumpstart things moving forward. Thanks, Bob.
We know Louie likes to trade knuckles, and uh, if you listen to the show frequently enough, it sounds like Bob uh, liked to trade knuckles back in the day as well. Take a quick minute to tell you to book with New West Travel. Oilers fans, you can join Oilers now on two great road trips to Nashville and Las Vegas to see the Oilers play in two of the most exciting arenas in the league. The Oilers Now package includes airfare, accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in Vegas, all your transportation, a welcome reception with Bob Stoffer and special guests, and parking at Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Limited space, though, to get on these road trips to see Nashville and Vegas. For the Oilers Now road trips, call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or online at newwesttravel.com. It's 1250 in Edmonton. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Take a quick time out. We'll come back with NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1252 in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott uh, filling in for Bob Stoffer here on the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. Oilers with a big uh, 3-1 win over Arizona last night on the road. That ended a six-game losing streak for the Oilers. They're now uh, 19-18-3. That has them sixth in the Pacific, tenth in the West. So, yeah, that six-game skid, uh, it put them behind the eight ball, but right now is as good a time as they might have the rest of the season throughout the rest of this month. Reed Wilkins has talked about this on uh, the pregame show and uh, other other parts of the 630 Ched lineup saying that January is a month where the Oilers need to stack up some wins because they're playing opponents who they should in fact do that against. I'll take a look at the next five games with you right now. Uh, they've got LA who was 14th in the West and they've been well documented in their struggles this year so that's uh, the Oilers have split the season series to this point 1-1 with LA and that's a game that they could slash should come out with at least a point but definitely uh, you know, aiming for two in that one. And then it's Anaheim who's 8th in the West right now but five losses in a row for the Ducks and they've been riding a lot of John Gibson so far so we'll have to see how that one plays out on Sunday but again another game that the Oilers should be in contention for and then they uh, they round out this four game road trip in San Jose on Tuesday we know that the Sharks uh, dismantled the Oilers uh, 7-4 the other night and that prompted a couple of trades by Shirelli so San Jose is certainly not a perfect team, but they, I think everybody can agree they have a lot more scoring depth than the Oilers do uh, as of right now. 
Then they move, uh, they come back home, I should say, the Oilers do, and they take on Florida. So this is game four of the next five. Florida is 11th in the East, okay? So that's another game that the Oilers, despite losing to the Panthers uh, earlier on in this season, should at least be able to contend in. And I think that that's what Hitchcock's MO is right now, is you need to at least be able to stick around in hockey games and give yourself a chance to win. Give Connor and Leon a chance to uh to come out on top doing what they do. If they're going to have one line of offense, you better be able to keep games close. That's all I can say about it from my lowly perspective. And we'll round this out by saying uh, the fifth of the next five games is a rematch with Arizona on home ice. Arizona now 12th in the Western Conference. So a slew of winnable games for the Oilers right around the corner here. And again, that would behoove them to really take advantage of this stretch of hockey right now to, uh, to right the ship. And then that'll take the team into uh, February when, of course, the trade deadline will be looming and they'll have a better picture of whether they're going to add or uh, or whatever the case may be at that point. All right, we've rambled long enough on to NHL today. It's for elite promotional marketing more than just sportswear. There's eight total games in the NHL tonight, including one already underway. Uh, the Leafs are hosting the Minnesota Wild right now. Later on, Calgary visits Boston and the Canucks play in Montreal. The NHL did release players eligible for the fan vote to get into the All-Star game. As we mentioned with Bob, Leon Dreisaitl is eligible. Uh, I plan on putting out a link where you can vote a little later on on the Oilers Now uh, Twitter page. So check that out uh, after the show today. The Leafs have put goaltender Frederick Anderson on the injured reserve and that's retroactive to December 23rd. And now Garrett Sparks is being evaluated for a concussion. He's in concussion protocol. So the team had to recall two goaltenders, Michael Hutchison and uh, Casimir Kaski Sowo. Oh boy, that's a finish mouthful right there. And uh, he's been up with the team a couple times this year. He will be filling in. Uh, Hutchinson just claimed off waivers uh, last week, I believe. Buffalo center Jack Eichel will miss the next two games with an upper body injury. He will be reevaluated early next week, according to the team. Bruins forward. Jo- Joachim Nordstrom broke his leg at the Winter Classic. It's a non-displaced fracture, though, so he will be reevaluated in three weeks' time. Jason Garrison uh, cleared waivers in Chicago, had his contract terminated, so as Bob alluded to yesterday, perhaps uh, has a job lined up overseas. And the Canucks waived uh, Mike McKenna, the goaltender from Ottawa, they acquired yesterday. Devils have signed head coach John Hines to a multi-year contract extension. He's amassed a 110, 105, and 31 record over the past three seasons behind the bench for New Jersey and uh, you heard it earlier in the show Team Canada eliminated in shocking fashion by Finland at the World Juniors last night holding a 1-0 lead into the final minute when a puck bounced off of Alexi Heponiemi's leg off the goaltender Mikey DiPietro who had been absolutely lights out all game long and into the net and if you saw the look on DiPietro's face that pretty much told the whole story so the Finns went on to win that one in overtime that marks the first time that Canada will finish without a medal while hosting the tournament. It is back in Edmonton and Red Deer in 2020. Bakersfield Condors lost to the San Diego Gulls once again. 2-1 at home last night. They are now second in the Pacific Division with a 16-12-1-1 record. They host the Colorado Eagles tomorrow and the Tucson Roadrunners on Saturday. Edmonton Oil Kings have a tough match with the Victoria Royals tomorrow night at Rogers Place. We'll hear all about that from head coach of the Oil Kings, Brad Lauer, at 1.35. And finally, the U of A Golden Bears gearing up for the second half of the Canada West 
season, they will play the Manitoba Bisons at home tomorrow. And uh, Saturday, 7 p.m. for both those games at the Claire Drake. One quick note, this just came across my Twitter timeline. I threw it out there. You can follow me, by the way, at Brendan Escott. Uh, the uh, Ryan McLeod, second-round pick of the Edmonton Oilers in last year's draft, has been traded from uh, Mississauga Steelheads to the Saginaw Spirit. That coming down 10 minutes ago from the Oilers account. All right, at uh, 12.58 in Edmonton, we have Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack coming up after a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.